Today's reading is Habakkuk 3, verses 17 to 18. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is my uh, distinct pleasure to be introducing our guest speaker this morning because she is a personal friend of mine. So um, I could tell you lots of accolades and impressive things about Noemi Chavez, but they're all printed in your bulletin so you can read them for yourself. But I will say, this is a woman, well, both of high capacity, which is a gift from God because she has a lot of plates that she tends to spin, but this is a woman of high character and high integrity, and I can attest to that personally. Whenever I spend time with Noemi, I I've nearly always leave thinking, I want to love Jesus as much as she loves Jesus, and I want to want Jesus the way that you want Jesus. It, every time I hang out with her, that 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 is what I'm left with. So my prayer has been that this morning some of that will rub off on us. We are really delighted to have you here, and we're really grateful for the time and the, the effort that you've put into being with us. Grace, will you welcome Noemi Chavez to our stage, please? Hello. Thank you, Beth, for that introduction. I think I like that better than anything that I do for Jesus, and that's that I love Jesus. Um, it's an honor to be with you all today, and a joy for me to get to share in the Word with you. Um, I've been sharing the Word publicly since I was 12 years old. I fell in love with Jesus when I was 12 years old, although I grew up in a home where I knew about Jesus because my mom is a prayer warrior. Um, I didn't come to know him personally until I was 12, and it changed my life forever. And I'm grateful for the day that the Spirit of God made this body its dwelling place. It made all the difference for me. So today I'm going to share with you on this idea of joy. You cannot take it away. And I, I think what I want to do is put us in holiday mode, because in holiday mode, we have the opportunity to experience joy, but also the opportunity to miss a lot of joy, right? Whether it's because we're going to be hanging out with people that we're not wanting to hang out with, or we have to plan things with people who maybe are not as pleasant as we would like them to be. Um, so many things can contribute to us having or experiencing fully the joy of God. And then there are things that will trip us up on our way to closing the year that make us feel like joy is not present or make us unaware of the presence of the joy of God in us. You know, I learned a long time ago that we um, cannot create experiences that will provide joy for us. Um, joy is not based on the things we can purchase. It's not based on the things we can own. It's not even based on the crea creating of experiences that we can dream up. And I learned that lesson the hard way in 2018. You know, I had always wanted to go to Europe. Um, and for my 40th birthday, I was going to finally go to Europe. Um, I spent my 20s having children, raising children, and planting a church. 
while my friends were able to have careers that provided in such a way that they could travel and have a lot of fun. And I'll be honest with you, I did not have FOMO at the time because I was just happy to be with my kids and I felt like that season was good for me. So now going into 40, I was like, I'm going to Italy. I'm going to get to eat a lot of pizza and pasta. I'm going to see a lot of artwork. I'm going to do all the things that make me feel coming to life and all of the good stuff. And um, what happened is that after working and speaking outside of even my church and traveling like crazy, I just kept telling myself, you're going to get to Italy and you're going to enjoy your trip. So work, 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 grind, 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 grind. I mean, I think that's oftentimes the mentality of people in our world, in our country, and even more so in California, because we have at our fingertips all the things we could work, 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 work towards and then just drive to, right? Like work really hard because you're going to go to Vegas this weekend, or work really hard because you get to drive to Santa Barbara. Work really hard because then you're going to go to San Diego. And so we always think work hard so that you could play and I remember getting to Italy and being in one of the places that I had dreamt of and watched so many Hulu and Amazon Prime and Netflix, you know, moments on. If you're going to travel, if you're anything like me, you watch everything that you could watch on, meet, on, on online or through television to see what you want to visit, where you want to eat, and where you want to stay. So I remember getting to Italy and being in Tuscany, which was the dream for me. It's summertime, so the vineyards are beautiful, it's green, it's hecka hot, there's a pool, all the good stuff. And I remember getting up one morning and walking outside to watch the sunrise and feeling this sense of angst. Like, I'm here, I'm here, God. I'm here and... Um, I don't feel quite what I was looking for and what I was thinking I was working myself to the floor to experience. Like, I'm here, why can't I just be super duper happy and ecstatic and filled with life? What is it, God? Like, what is it? And I distinctly heard the Spirit of God speak to my soul. And the Spirit say to me, Noemi, what you were looking for to experience across the ocean is available to you in your living room. The satisfaction, the fulfillment, the filling of life is available in my presence, in relationship with me, and not just working for me, but in actually being with me. And it changed the way I viewed my life. I remember sensing this deep sadness because I thought I worked real hard to create something for myself and to create something that I really felt would satisfy my soul. But how many of us have come to know that the only thing that could satisfy the soul of any man or woman, it is a deep relationship with the one who created us, the one who loved us, the one who gave everything for us, the one who longs to be in relationship with us daily. And so joy is not based on something I can create. It is not based on something I can work myself to acquire or experience. Joy comes as a gift from relationship with God. And so as we look at Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, May the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Isn't it beautiful that joy and love and hope for some reason are all kind of woven together in the scripture? Is it possible that what God puts inside of us gives us the courage to face whatever it is we are going through and to understand that because he has placed this joy and he has placed this beautiful peace in us, it produces in us a hope despite what the circumstances of life may look like. Oftentimes we think that the only way we could fully experience the beauty of uh, the holiday season or the beauty of family or the beauty is by what we can sweat ourselves to creating, whether it's the decorating, whether it's the cooking, the scheduling, all of the things that we feel this is going to create. And so many times, I don't know about you, but as a parent, there have been times that I've put so much effort and work into family time with my husband and my boys who are teenagers. I have a 19-year-old and a 16-year-old, okay? So as hard as I could work to create like this beautiful family moment, when you're raising teenage boys, it's like, this is not what dinner was supposed to look like today. <laughs> this was not the conversation that I dreamt we were going to be having about what our day was like and what future college plans are. Everything felt like, what, mom? No, mom. And I'm like, this is not the dream life, people. Like, this is not what I wanted. And, and I put so much effort into creating a moment where my kids and parents could laugh and talk. And then I'm just like, geez, all this work. And ultimately, I, I'm thinking and still believing at moments that I'm going to create something that's going to make me feel good. I, I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. You know, we think that there's something that we can actually do that would make our lives feel fully satisfied. And yet the only thing that actually fully satisfies us because we are eternal beings is a committed relationship with an eternal God. It changes us. It transforms us in such a way that there will be seasons where there is hardship. How many of you can say amen to that? <laughs> there are seasons where there will be heartbreak. How many of you could say amen to that? The people who are watching us online, maybe you could say amen to that as well. Maybe it's a season of sickness, a season where you suffer deep loss, and you've come to the understanding that the joy that is provided to us in relationship with our God is not based on circumstance, and it is not based even on perfect health but that his joy is something that fulfills us, it satisfies us, and it even overflows. It's almost like a river. For those of you who grew up in church, you remember singing that song, I have joy like a river, joy like a river, joy like a river in my soul. Have you ever experienced joy that looks like or sounds like the words of Habakkuk? Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, 
The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Have you ever practiced this? Have you ever practiced saying something that now sets the mood for your soul? Have you ever gone through something where you've made the decision not to live out your day based on what the circumstances are, but who God is? That is the difference that you will live in your relationship of maturity with Jesus. When you've come to the decision that I don't simply worship him when I have a full bank account, when my mortgage is paid, when I got the new car, when my kid's off to a great college, when my kid went to school today, when my kid got up to go to work, when you know, my spouse is on their best behavior when they are most loving and gentle and caring, that your worship unto God is not based on the best health moment of your life, but that you have made a decision that doesn't matter what I am facing and what I am going through. Here's where joy becomes present in the life of the believer. I will rejoice in the Lord. Not I might rejoice. If I feel like it, I will choose to experience some joy. No, I will, the prophet Habakkuk says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoicing in God comes from not only a verbal declaration, but it also comes from an internal belief that it doesn't matter what I'm facing or what I'm going through, I know that God is with me. You know, for years as a young girl, I, I struggled with an autoimmune disease, which now in my older age, I'm able to manage better. And at the age of 12 years old, I found myself in the hospital for over a week in severe pain. There wasn't medicine that they could give me that could calm the pain that I would have in my abdomen. And I remember my mom staying with me in the hospital, and I would cry from the pain that I could not get rid of. And all I would do was tell her, for some reason, laying on my back and having my knees bent and having her hands on my knees helped. And I would say, just put your hands on my knees and pray. And she would begin to pray. And as she would pray, I remember I would weep in pain until that pain would disappear and it would dissipate. I learned at a young age that when I go through hard things, I don't get mad at God, I run to God. I learned at a young age that when there are things that the doctors cannot explain, I'm not angry with my creator, but I run to my creator. I learned that, that the happiness, the fulfillment of my life would not come from having perfect health, which I would battle through all the way till I was almost 30 years old until we could kind of figure out what was going on with me. In the meantime, I had to go through multiple spinal taps to try and figure out why my cells were completely out of whack. And in those seasons, it wasn't me looking for the opportunity to run from God. At a young age, I had experienced the love of God, the love and the peace and the hope that I had 
whenever I allowed God's presence to truly be what satisfied my soul. It takes courage to live out that kind of faith. It takes courage to press into the pain and press into the hardships of life and press into the presence of a living God who doesn't run from us, who doesn't hide from us, who is ever present and always in the room. How many of you know that God has been in the room with you in moments where you felt alone, where you felt overwhelmed, but you look back and you realize, I could not have survived that season. I could not have come out of it had it not been for the faithful love of God that was seeking me out even in the middle of my sorrow and my pain. It is, it is a joy that we are able to grow internally, my brothers and sisters, that it is not something that can be replicated or cut and paste from somebody else. It's not something you could tie to your life. The joy of God grows from within, and it grows when we have made an internal commitment. This is not a fragile thing. It is rooted deeply in relationship with Christ. It is rooted deeply in our personal commitments to disciplines. And I'll tell you, one of the things that our world and our generation needs more than anything, the young people in your life, Generation Z, the millennials, the young Generation Xers like me, you know what we need more than anything? What this generation needs more than anything is to observe the people of God, the army of God, go through battle wounds, go through hardships, go through pain, and not lose their joy. Because we live in a world that is continuously inviting us to medicate through food, experiences, shopping, fun, do all of these things, and if you're not doing these things, then you're not living fully. What the world needs to see is you and me go through hell and still have peace and still have joy and still have love and still care for others. That will make an unbelieving world believe that God is at work in us. That God is doing something in the life of the believer. Look what the scripture says in Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, in his presence, you are fully satisfied. In his presence, other people's shortcomings, they diminish. Because God will never let you down. God will never run from us. God is not looking for the opportunity to exit the relationship. How many of you can say, thank you, Jesus, for that? God is not looking for an opportunity to not do life with us. As a matter of fact, we serve a God who did not press the pass button when it came to pain in his own existence. Look what the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, 
and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Our Savior, our God, he did not hit the pass button when it came to sacrifice to pain. As a matter of fact, if the scripture reads well to me, it's saying that for the joy set before him, he endured the things that he endured in Calvary. What was the joy that was set before him? The joy that was set before him was that you and I would invite him into our lives and into our home. The joy that was set before the Savior was that people would invite him to be in relationship personally with him. The joy for the Savior was that one day he would enter our lives to heal our wounds, to break our chains, to awaken our souls to eternal life. The joy that was set before him, the reason he went through what he went through was not simply to pay a price for the sin of humanity because then that that was the case, he'd be like, you're all saved and I'm done. No, the desire that God had from the beginning was to walk in relationship with us. You are his joy. Relationship with you. Time with you. Communicating with you. Hearing from you. That is God's joy. And is it possible that we who are created in his image would also be benefactors of that joy if we made time with him a priority? If we made time in his presence not a thing we, th we do when we have time, but the thing that we do every day. That our life satisfaction is not dependent on either a Sunday experience or a good quote on Instagram or Facebook, but that, that our life satisfaction comes from daily communing with our Lord and with our Savior. Psalm 28.7 says, the Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. You know, the things that we allow to invade our heart and our mind daily could definitely begin to affect the climate of what our life looks like. But I love that it alludes to something that could help us to daily experience God's joy. And that is an attitude of thanksgiving. You know, they say, I know there's probably some amazing psychologists in the room, I know of one for sure. Um, they say that if you think back on really great memories and moments that you've had, whether it's with your loved ones or friends or whatever it might be, yet that, that your brain in that space of remembering produces the same thing you experienced while you were there, this sense of euphoria, this sense of happiness. What does it mean for us to remember the goodness and the faithfulness of God? What does it mean for us to remember that when we have been faithless, he has remained faithful? What does it mean for us to remember that when in our anger and our frustration, maybe our words and our fists weren't doing this to him, but our attitude was, and he was still reaching for you and for me. What does it mean to remember that when we were not very likable, he liked us? What does it mean to remember that 
when we made choices that hurt him, but that also hurt the people we love, that he was not running from us. When we begin to think about God's goodness and his faithfulness and his unending and unchanging and unwavering love, it's only a matter of time before some gratitude begins to spring up in your heart. And gratitude is beautifully woven with joy. God, I thank you. I thank you that you were with me in the moments of sorrow and pain. I thank you that you held me in the moments where I was broken and undone. I thank you that you were the one who sustained me when my faith was frail and weak. I thank you that the book of Timothy says that Though we are faithless, you remain faithful because you cannot deny yourself. I thank you, God, that in your DNA, you are faithful, and you can't stop being faithful because that's who you are, and I benefit so much from that faithfulness. And when we begin to say these things, it changes the atmosphere of our lives, and joy begins to well up in our hearts because he has been good. Has there been moments of pain and deep sorrow? Oh, yes. In the last 18, 20 months, has there been like major heartbreak and pain like never before? And I'm talking about myself. But I do know that he is faithful, that he is good, and that I would rather walk with Jesus through hell than to go through hell with my own anger and resentment. I need the hand of God. I need his goodness to shine and to lead and to guide me. One of my mentors, her name is Alicia, and, and um, this year she was battling with cancer for the second time in her life. And I got to spend um, a week with her while she was going through some of her radiation and chemo treatment. And she said to me, you know, Noemi, Jesus could heal me because she was in a different state for the specific treatment she was going through, and she's in Missouri. She said, if Jesus wants to, he can heal me in Missouri. He can do whatever he wants. I'm just doing what I can do humanly possible. And she said, here where I am now in Arizona, which is where I flew in to spend a week with her, she said, here's what I know, is that in this season, God has opened this opportunity for me to go through this treatment. I don't know if I'll be healed in the end, she said to me, which for me, just hearing her say these things, she's been a mentor in my life for almost a decade. I feel like there's not coming to my throat, and I'm like, please don't say these things to me. Like, Jesus knows I need you long-term in my life. I need you for a long time. And she says, I feel like God has an assignment in my life in regards to the nurses and the doctors. Can you believe it? <laughs> I was like, oh. She says, I feel like God has an assignment for me in this season. I'm supposed to be somebody to some of the people that are in this medical field. And I thought, wow, what it looks like to truly live your life in light of eternity and not in light of circumstances. She's got three kids at home. And I remember thinking, Jesus, I want to trust you. 
to know that every moment, even the ones that are hard, I get to walk with you. And in the middle of what's hard for me, people might still experience the goodness of God. In the middle of what is painful for me, people might still get glimpses of Jesus. Come on. You know who you want to get glimpses of Jesus when it's hard? Your kids, your nieces and nephews, the young people in your neighborhood and community, that they would say, man, we know she's going through some hard things, man. That, that man, he, he's going through some difficult challenges. Yet there's something about him that is so light in spirit that's accessible to you and to me through relationship that is committed to following Christ. The benefits of that relationship. You know what's cool about relationship with Jesus is that there's nothing we can necessarily do that's going to convince God to want more of a relationship with us. He's simply waiting. He's waiting because he does want to pour in that joy and that peace that then produces hope, as we read earlier. And the only way we can have that is if we are connected to Christ. Nobody can attach the fruit of joy in their life to your life. Can I just invite you to grow your own joy fruit? It's kind of weird for me to get some apples and tie them to a random tree, some avocados, and be like, that oak tree would look great with some oranges, right? Like, no. The work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in the life of every believer is very unique and it is very personal. So we must make the decision daily, daily, to walk with the Savior, to know that we make that choice and that choice affects the atmosphere of our lives. Take ownership of what God has already put inside of you. And as you face some of those things that in life make you feel like, huh, as Advent comes upon us, right? Halloween passed, and the next day, the next day, you went into the stores and into Disneyland or any space, and Christmas was here, right? As we approach a season, we will make the decision daily. I will not let circumstances, I will not let people, I will not let what I do or don't have, what I can or cannot afford in this season, I will not let those things take the joy that the Spirit of God has grown inside of me. And to wrap up, I want to read this last scripture. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. God, I thank you. I thank you for your word that it is life and it is everlasting. I thank you for my brothers and my sisters who are here and those who are watching online, that not a moment or a season of our lives escapes your attention and your tender care towards us. 
Lord, I pray that you would help us to be aware of that tender love and that tender care, that we would not ignore it, that we would not bypass it because our emotions are so heavily weighted by circumstance and life, but that we would acknowledge, God, that in your presence, there is a fullness of joy. God, that we would experience the eternal gift of your joy in our eternal souls, even amidst temporary loss, pain, fear, confusion. I thank you that this morning, Lord, your spirit equips us to live out fully who you've called us to be as your sons and daughters. And to live, Lord, in that joy that others would know the greatness of your name, not by what we have, not by where we go, but what you do in us amidst whatever we face. Let our life be a witness, a witness to this gift of your spirit in us. In Jesus' name, amen, yeah, amen. God bless you, family. Thank you.